Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Rhett Bartlett uh, and this episode is my conversation with Jimmy Jess, the ghost. I think quite a few of the listeners to this podcast would remember wearing their duffel coat and having the Jim Jess badge or the name Jimmy Jess on the back of their duffel coat. So it's great to be able to um, take a few moments and have a conversation with him. Of course, Jimmy, when he finished his career at Richmond, just kept playing. And I think at the time of this interview, certainly was still playing. That was in 2008. And I think he's still playing in 2016, you know, somewhere up in the country. So uh, he hasn't aged a bit. In fact, he looks younger than when he first played (laughs) with Richmond. So I hope you enjoy our brief conversation with Jimmy Jess. Uh, thanks for your time, firstly. Where'd you get the nickname The Ghost? Uh, I got it off Tommy, actually. Tommy Hafey? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I think the first practice game we played in Brisbane, it was, apparently it was pretty, uh, the, the light was pretty dull, and uh, Tommy gave me a run, and I took a mark right in the furthest forward pocket, and I guess uh, Sharon, uh, Sharon said um, tan, it was pretty white, and um, had, had the scruffy looking hair, and... I think Tommy mentioned it looks like a ghost or something under the bench to Wayne Walsh or one of the boys and the name stuck. But Tommy didn't coach you for, for, for that long, did he? No, no, just the first year. Was he? Did he still leave a, an, an influence on you? Oh, for sure, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I reckon he was fantastic. And, uh, and his style of play, um, you know, I believe that um, it's, it's the best way to play footy. I think we still believe, <laughs> we still believe that. That's how they should play today. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, no one's game enough to have a crack at it. But your style of footy was... Well, can you describe your style of play? Oh, I guess I... I don't know. Uh, I suppose I was a, a fairly good kick and uh, a reasonable mark. Was, and uh, probably played my best footy at centre-half back, I felt. Yeah. Easily my best footy at centre-half back. Where, I, you know, you got two, two chances. You know, you can... Uh, if you're not having a great day, you can um, play pretty negative and... and um, Try and limit your uh, limit your opponent, but uh, you know probably play your best games in centre forward. So, but I found it hard to be uh, consistent there. It's a pretty tough position to be, uh, you know, consistent week in week out. What did what did you find were weaknesses that you had as a player? Oh, probably uh, just agility, perhaps. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, you know, I don't think I could. You know, I thought I was quick enough and that, but uh, probably just lacked lacked uh, real agility. Yeah. Um. Yeah, 
No, 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 no we practice the training for sure. <laughs> Was there many other players who would use the kick? Um, as much? No, not probably as much, no. Right. No, no, um, Roachie was a big kick at all, but he was, you know, he was just uh, probably full forward and he was a great drop punt, so he never worried about it too much. But yeah, I used to have a crack at a few. So what were your torpedo punts like? Oh, sorry, your drop punts. What were they like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a reasonable kick, not as uh, not as accurate uh, as I would have liked to have been, but uh, yeah, they could get me out of trouble. Yeah. Is there a particular torpedo punt that you still think was the longest you kicked? Um. Oh well, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, one day against Footscray was pretty wet and miserable and um, yeah, I got on the one at the MCG was was pretty good and uh, oh. How long did that one go for? How far did that go do you think? Well I suppose it'd be up around seventy metres I suppose, somewhere around that. <laughs> on a wet day? Sixty five, seventy, I suppose, yeah. It was it was a dampy stay and yeah, I don't know, I just got onto it and it kept going, so yeah, I remember that one. How difficult was it to play centre half back at that in that era? Well, I enjoyed playing centre fact, and as I said before, I reckon I played my best footy there. But for one reason or another, we um, felt like he was injured a little bit, and yep. or things weren't working out, or they wanted a little bit more—I um, don't know—mobility at times, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. But I play—I seem to play a fair bit of footy in the forward line. I played both the, the grand finals that I played in the centre half forward. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, like I enjoyed it, uh, centre half forward, but I just knew that I played my best footy in centre half back, and probably. I think I probably my career perhaps would have been better if I had a stayed there for my whole career. But yeah. uh, you know, you're just uh, you're happy to go where you, you, you wanted, and as uh, long as you can get a game. And, you, and you, had, you had quite a long career with Richmond too. What do you, what do you account for that? Oh, I got through without too many injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, no serious injuries, and you know, I actually kept playing footy till I was 45. So. Um, <laughs> well, was, when did you start? Uh, how old were you when you started with Richmond? I was 21. 21. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I had. Um, Three years of senior footy at Avoca and then three years of senior footy at St. Arnold before I came to Richmond. So, How does one get from St. Arnold to Richmond? Uh, well, uh, well, it was uh, zoning back in those oh. days. And, uh, yeah, I was in Richmond zone. But uh, actually, I belonged to St. Kilda because I came from Avoca, <coughs> but St. Kilda uh, cleared me to Richmond. Did you actually ever train with St. Kilda? Yeah, yep, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Can I ask uh, if you had any practice matches with St. Kilda? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I uh, I did, and uh, actually, I only played one practice game, and uh, I guess um, um, I played really well. I played on Cowboy O'Neill, who I think had won the uh, best and fairest the year before. But we were only just coming down from the bush, you know, and the, yeah. like I wasn't down at St Kilda training, but they got me down for a practice game, and, and uh, yeah, I was in the best players for the side that I was in. The, in the practice game, you know, I was, uh, I said I was in the best players, and Gigi came up after the game, and he just sort of. Uh, you look like the wild man from Borneo and uh, I guess I was having a can and, and he felt that well I don't think he thought that I was interested but he didn't know my circumstances I'd only been to Melbourne a few times in my life and uh, you know I had uh, uh, a wife and a baby which uh, many people I guess knew that's like you know we, we, we were uh, married and uh, I just couldn't pack up and uh, and leave and, and go to Melbourne and, and Gene he never knew about it uh, the, the circumstances that I was in, and, and I saw him, he was coaching our state side, which I was in, and he asked me about it, and I told him, and he, uh, he couldn't believe it, but they uh, that overlooked it, you know, just didn't, didn't realise my background, and the circumstances that I was in, I couldn't go, I just couldn't, just couldn't, uh, you know, Jesus said, you're coming to Melbourne, and I said, well, no, I, no, I'm not, because I can't. But, uh, anyway. who's, who signed you from Richmond then, do you recall? Oh, yeah, um, uh, well, uh, 
Ron Carson and uh, Swabby and GR and Paddy Ganone, I, yeah, they're the guys who got me down there. Paddy Ganone's brother-in-law was at at Catsonard um, at Barry Young. He was, you remember Barry Young played Richmond? It was yeah. Barry's father. Oh, right. And, and Barry kept bringing up Richmond, uh, or Paddy, because Paddy's his brother-in-law, and kept saying that, that uh, I could play. And Richmond sent uh, the recruiting bloke up three times to see me play, and he came back and said I'd never play league footy. But Paddy, uh, Barry took Paddy to come and have a look himself, so... That's the only reason I got to Richmond, really. Like uh, Paddy Ganone said, yeah, well, you know, no worries, you, you should be able to um, give it a fright anyway, getting a game, so... Jim, is it fair to say that payback then wasn't much? Um, oh, no, but it, no, it wasn't, but uh, you, you would have played for nothing anyway. I think the players today yeah. would too. Yeah. Uh, but it's all relative, I guess, if you look at, you know, what we were being paid and the price of housing and stuff in Melbourne, it's, it's a bit relative. Look, they get paid miles more now, oh, but... Yeah. but but, um, you know, I wasn't complaining. How many how many coaches did you have in your time at Richmond? Um, well, I had uh, Tommy to start off with, then Barry Richardson, and uh, then Tony, then Francis. And Tony Twite, obviously Tony Twite. Yeah, <laughs> and Mike Patterson, um, Paul, Paul Sproul, and KB. Kevin, yeah, probably, yeah. That's quite a few coaches yeah, in your career. Kevin, yeah, yeah it is. Is, there, is there some that were left a... You know, more influence on you than others. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, obviously Tommy uh, left an influence because he um, um, he was the first coach when I when I arrived there, and you know I was a bit overawed by it all, but he was fantastic and yeah. really uh, made me feel welcome at home. And uh, but Tony Jewell, I guess um, you know I got on really well with Tony, and uh, he supported me, and uh, and we won the flag under him. So yeah, Tony was sort of uh, really really stood out. He could, uh, for me. He, could really, uh, he could really get angry when he wanted to, couldn't he? Tony oh, he, yeah, he got absolutely ferocious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit scary at times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's, uh, no, he was, he, was, he was good, Tony, and uh, he always... Uh, no, he didn't get on with everybody, but... Um, um, Do you know, you... I, I thought he, he coached from his heart, you know? Yeah. He just... Uh, he'd explode and go off and call you for everything in the world, and he'd go and have a beer with you after the game. It was, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing, and... Um, yeah, I thought he was, he was terrific. Whereas if we look at someone different, just just quickly, Francis Burke, the people I've spoken to said as a coach he was very black or white. There's no in-between yeah, in the sense. Did, did you find look, that? Look, I love Burke, and, and look, I, I'm, uh, I reckon he's, a, he's just one of the best blokes you've ever met. Yeah. But yeah, he was. I guess as a coach he was black and white and there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot, uh, there was no give and take. And I guess he coached the way he played with uncompromising and... Uh, yeah, and and, so, and I guess he, he rubbed a few blokes up the wrong way. Yeah, but but yourself was okay. I mean, did you get on well yeah. with him as a as a coach to a player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. At any stage, did you, did you find that you had enough of football? You wanted to give it away? No, no. I played as long as I could. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you certainly yeah. did. At any stage, were you going to leave Richmond? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, I was. I never, I never wanted to, but uh, Paul, I got the sack from uh, Paul Sproul, and. Um, he actually sacked you from off the playing list. You're gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was the reason for that? Um, if you wish to say, you don't have to. If you don't want to. Well, well just, I can say I'm not. I think from day one he took a dislike to me, yeah, right. um, for one reason or another. And uh, you know, I was vice captain the year before, and uh, and uh, Graham had uh, said, you know, like you'll be captain next year because Barry Rollins is retiring. And uh, then Paul called me in before uh, well training, and but uh, he was just just one of our first meetings and said yeah. that he's recommended that I not be included as captain, vice-captain or deputy vice-captain. And, and 
nothing at all, you know, there's no worries. And uh, I took it on the chin and then um, he uh, he wanted me to play centre-half back and I was playing centre-half back on some really good players mm. and they weren't, uh, for me, if you're playing on Stephen Kerner and he gets five kicks and I get five kicks, I... Richmond will win, mm-hmm. but, Spr- but Sprowley wanted me to be uh, oh. to run around and and probably end up with twenty possessions. And he said, you know, uh, I asked him. I said, well, um, if I get twenty possessions, the bloke that I'm on is obviously going to get a lot more because I've got to take a few more chances. And uh, he said, that's the way to play. And I said, well, if the centre half forwards getting heap of kicks, <clears throat> you're not going to win many games of footy. So yeah. that was our basic disagreement. And, uh, yeah. I guess it came to a head when he when he dropped me, and I thought I was playing okay. So did you did you look elsewhere? Um, well, yeah, I was going to Collingwood. I don't, I, um, Did you actually sign but, it with Collingwood? No, I hadn't signed, but uh, the deal, it was all done. The deal was done, and um, I was, uh, Bob Rose was actually going to call a special uh, training run, and I was going to be playing so far forward for, the, for Collingwood the following week. And uh, it's, oh, a lot of people at Richmond uh, voiced their disapproval yeah, that uh, the way things had eventuated. And... Yeah, um, and, um, uh, yeah well, they... In the end, the pressure and said, "Would I stay?" And I said, "Well, as long as I was guaranteed a senior game, and uh, and that that was the situation, so I stayed." Did you find that when you returned in, or when you continued then in nineteen ninety six, it was it was not quite right? It was a little bit difficult to, to get back in. Oh well, no, I had to support the players. Oh good, you know, all, all the players wanted me. Uh, no, wanted me there at Richmond, but uh, yeah, I, I always knew that uh, that uh, that. Uh, Paul wasn't uh, completely honest with me. He, he was going to uh, stab me uh, in the back as quick as he could. Well, did Paul continue coaching in '86 then? No, he, no, we continued coaching yeah. till the end of the season, and right. then, uh, then he got uh, he left. And then you were fine. <laughs> yeah, well, stay. Yeah. I just have a few more questions, then I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, when did your uh, when did you first have your facial hair? Oh, from when I was. School probably right. Were you, was it common for the players in you know in Richmond in those years to have beards or moustaches? No, not really. My well, fair, fair few had uh, moustaches, but not uh, not too many beards around. Because it made you look older in a sense, didn't it? Yeah, a lot of people say they look younger now. They did well. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. One thing I one thing I, I like to mention is that for someone who played two hundred twenty three games, I feel that you often get overlooked when people talk about the great players. Of Richmond, oh, especially. Well, no. do, you, do you find that yourself? Or do you no, 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 no. Look, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't one of the great players. I, I know that. And, uh, oh, you sure? Was, no, 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 no. The great players are Royce and uh, your old man and Francis and you know those sorts of players. But, um, but no, I was. I, I thought that I was. Uh, I tried hard, and uh, yep. and I think I had a rapport with supporters because they knew that I probably wasn't the best uh, or most skilled player out there, but they knew I was having a crack at it. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I never felt that I was overlooked. In fact, I, I think sometimes uh, I probably a bit overrated. But, uh, anyway, we survived. And then you got to 1988, which was your last season with the Richmond. Did you find that time had just gotten the better of you then? or? Uh, yeah, I, I just thought, uh, I didn't think I was playing that badly, actually. Yeah. You know, I was playing on uh, like fellas like Kernahan That's and right. like, so I had the good players yeah. and, uh, and playing well on them, um, you know. And, yeah. But, uh, you know, Kevin... It was a transition time, and uh, there was, oh, I guess, Michael Laffey and a couple of blokes that were younger than me. I, I don't think they were better than me at the time, no, but, yeah. but I think that Kevin uh, felt that, yeah, I was, I was at the end of, end of my career, and these guys were just starting. So, um, you know, it was fair enough that he uh, that we uh, he made the decision that, uh, you know, that I was 
<laughs> well, yeah, obviously, getting a bit slower and getting towards the end of my career, and uh, it was time to bring on some young fellas, so that's fair enough, that happens to us all. Did you look elsewhere at all around the no, 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 club? No, 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 no. No, I just uh, actually went to Bell Reynolds in uh, New South Wales and uh, went up there for three years, and they never won a flag, and we knocked off a couple of sales, and, and a lot of my good mates are up there, and uh, it's fantastic, so. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Can, I, can I just quickly ask, um, what's, your, what, what's the one memory that sort of stays with you about the 1980 Grand Final? Is there some visual that you remember or you always take with you? Uh, yeah, well, I guess, uh, I don't know, you know, you're, you're very nervous and, and I took a fairly good mark pretty early and and, uh, and played on and kicked it over to Flea who kicked the first goal of the game. So, no. well, you know, you, you know, you sort of, you're up and away, you know, and yeah. I just felt, you know, you, you're sort of in the play, you take a good mark. You got, when you, you know, and I grabbed it pretty cleanly and I thought, you know, well, you know, you sort of get confidence from that and then, uh, you know, chip over the top of the play and he runs into go, open goal. So, just got the ball rolling and, yeah, I remember that pretty well. Did you manage to get your hands on the cup at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, actually, yeah. Bloody as I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got my share of it. I was, about, I was about to say, so you should have. Yeah. Um, and just just two more quick questions. Do you, can I just ask, what's your memory in 1982 of the, the night when Michael Malthouse had his fitness test? Were you there watching that? Yeah, yeah, all the players were. And it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those things, I suppose, we spoke about it before. Berkey's pretty black and white. And, uh, you know, I, I guess... Well, he wanted to be 110 percent sure that Mick was right instead of just 100, you know. And, you know, um, I think Mick, you know, no doubt, I, I think he would have got through the game okay. But um, we'll never know. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was really deflating when he, when he actually, uh, um, yeah, done his shoulder in the finish. But you know, it was sort of over the top. I don't think there was too many of us would have got through that fitness test. So no, David, it was disappointing, and I think it took a bit of wind out of the sail of a few blokes here. Yeah, David. You know, Carlton jumped us early and the little fellas uh, were doing a bit of damage and Mickey probably, you know, he, he used to scare him a bit. So I think that um, it gave them a bit of confidence too, Carlton knowing that he wasn't out there. So Actually, where were you when the streak had arrived on the ground, Jim? I was right beside Dooley. <laughs> were you? Yeah. Why aren't you in the ad? No, I'm not in the ad, but I'm in, I'm in a few photos, so he, you know, I was just backing away from it. <laughs> you thought, oh no, don't get anywhere near me or... Did, did you see? Did you see her arriving at all, or did she just appear out of the out of the corner of your eye? Uh, no, I just saw her coming from a fair way off, and, and so did Dooley, and we're sort of, I don't know, we're just going, what's going and she just kept running towards us, and I thought, oh, so I just started to back off, and Bruce can, the Dooley, did Bruce can handle this one. Bruce didn't say anything to you, did he? No, 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 no. Can I just, uh, last question, can I ask, what, what, what's the uh, what's the name that appears on your birth, birth certificate? Is it Jim Jess? James. James, can I ask what your middle name is? Yeah, Brian. James Brian Jess. Yeah. Nice one, nice one. Yep. Brian named after someone in your family or? No, no, I just, uh, just I don't know, just probably uh, picked off the shelf. I don't know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> good. that's good. Well, I appreciate your time for that too, Jim. No, that's okay. Good no good worries, Red. And uh, I'm glad you made it home safely. Yep, good on you, mate. I'll see you again soon. Cheers. See ya. Bye. How great was it to hear from Jimmy Jess, 1980 Premiership player. He'll forever be known as a Premiership player. Um, thanks for listening in. Don't forget on iTunes to give it a rating. Just click on one of those stars and leave a comment. Uh, on SoundCloud, you can listen to this as well, soundcloud.com slash raw podcast. And until I upload another podcast, good thanks.